welcome to the Red Debate. We're going to do a bit of a World Cup special here. Um, I'm Tom Vergas. And I'm Chris Smith. And as we enter the World Cup quarterfinals, uh, we thought we'd have a look back at how the Liverpool boys have got on in the World Cup. Um, who's played well, who hasn't played well. And then I think we'll move away from the World Cup and we'll talk about uh, pre-season, given that it's just about to kick off properly with our game against Chester on Saturday. Um, OK, Smith, how's, how's things? Yeah, all good, all good. Um, eagerly anticipating Saturday, obviously, for the England game after the mad antics that happened the other night. What about yourself? Yeah, it's good, mate. I'm missing football these last two days. But... I know. It's grim when it's not on, is it? But... But yeah, it was, it was nice, nice to get through the shootout. Yeah, and just a little note on Hendo as well. Absolutely buzzing that we went through because I was devastated when he missed the penalty. For him, yeah. yeah. When he stepped up, we both just looked at each other and we were like, <laughs> he can't miss this like for himself. Uh, okay, um, so obviously Henderson and Trent have gone through into the quarters. Uh, Lovren will be on their side of the draw and potentially could be facing them. Um, Firmino on the other side of the draw, and then obviously Salah and Mane are the only other Liverpool boys who've played at least, um, who've gone out in the group stages. So should we should we start by looking at who's disappointed? Do you want to start back to France? Who who's disappointed? Would you say of the Liverpool lads who've played? Um, so. I said it before the tournament began, but I didn't think Salah would have much of an impact. And although he did score a very well-taken goal and a penalty, Egypt, for me, were, were very poor, which, which is probably understandable. Um, another one for me is Sadio Mane, who I thought would really fire Senegal at least out the group. And at times, Senegal were quite good, but again, he scored a pretty dodgy goal uh, and didn't really do too much. It, during the group games, I mean, what do you think? I, I, yeah, I think I had Senegal down to go through that group. Yeah, um, same. I can't remember where in my projected chart I had them to finish, but that was that was the kind of group that you couldn't, re- I couldn't really call e- either way who was going to win it, who was going to come second. Um, but yeah, so he had that strange goal against Japan. I, I also expected more from Senegal overall, um, which isn't necessarily Mane's issue. Mm. I think I thought he was always going to be their threat, but I just don't think he was as much of a threat as what we've seen he can produce. Yeah, and I think um, apart from from that, and, and let's be clear, I'm not saying that they played badly. Um, what I am saying is that all in all, I think the Liverpool boys who have played, I mean, obviously Mignolet and uh, Gruich as well haven't had... Has Gruich had any minutes? No, Gruich didn't get any mins, but I mean, I, I wasn't necessarily expecting Gruich no. to get mins, but I was expecting more from Serbia as well. Yeah, true, true. Um, so yeah, all in all, I think the boys have giving themselves a pretty decent account. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit gutted for Firmino that he hasn't got more minutes, I have to say. That's probably my main disappointment in, yeah. in, in the bracket of which Liverpool players have disappointed. I'm not disappointed by him. We'll, yeah, we'll come he's on played to well when he's, yeah. when he's actually played. He's played really well, hasn't he? We'll, we'll come on to why um, or yeah, like how he's impressed, but the disappointment is that Tite won't pick him, which doesn't seem to make sense to, I know, all Liverpool fans, but even fans beyond that. And Anyway, I, we'll come to that, but as you say, it's... it's it's maybe even a mark of how good our attacking players are in that you were really expecting maybe Mane to carry Senegal um, and certainly Salah to carry Egypt if either of them were going to do any business. Both of them gave fairly poor accounts of themselves as, as nations. Um, so I guess, I guess you have to mark that down as our individuals perhaps not living up to what was expected of them. Yeah, I think it was always going to be a big ask for Salah given his shoulder injury he didn't look fit he didn't look fit no and there was a lot of pressure for him to come back in after he missed the first game and basically 
you know, revolutionised the team. Yeah, which it's, I just don't think was ever going to happen for that. Let's be clear: the Egypt squad is, is weak, isn't it? You the know? Egypt squad is weak. The, the one thing, I mean, if you were to arrange, he probably wasn't ever going to make the first game. So I think if you were to say to the Egypt coach, "You're not going to have Salah for one game. Which game do you want it not to be in?" He'd probably have said, "Like, I'm happy to miss him. I'm happy to play Uruguay first because um, they were probably expecting to lose." But by the way that that game went, yeah, Salah was on the bench, and I mean, I don't know how fit he was, but. They could have won that game. It, yeah. That was tight till I can't remember when, but it felt like it was tight all game. Yeah, well, Uruguay were pretty poor, weren't they? they it was a last minute, like last was, five minute winner, was it? Was that the game Jimenez scored the last? Yeah, the, yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, because Sanchez came on and took the free kick, didn't he? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean, it, it, things could have been a bit different for, yeah. for Salah, but then the next game, you, you probably don't. You t- I, I don't know if you are carrying a knock, you don't really necessarily want to play against the Russians. Who were more about physicality and tactical shape? He he didn't he didn't look like he fancied at that game. I didn't think it was one of the poorest performances of, that Salah's put in this whole season. I think. Yeah, he's, I, I mean, he scored the pen, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. he was always going to score that pen. He's pretty deadly from the spot, isn't he? Do you reckon? See, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, well, I back him. Do you? Yeah, I back his nerve, and I guess yeah. that's what you need in the World Cup. Um, but then, so yeah, so I. I I also think he wasn't that good. He scored that lob against Saudi Arabia, but let's be honest, Saudi Arabia are rubbish. Yeah, they're poor. Although the goal was extremely well taken. Um, he took it well. But again, he, he was pretty quiet throughout the game, In I s- thought. He, yeah, he was. And, and this World Cup has highlighted how even the very best nations have sometimes been top-heavy and over-reliant on individuals. Yeah. Um, I just thought Egypt would be able to rely on him a bit more. That said, I don't really think this is going to have a net effect on him next season. No, I, I actually think it's a bit of a positive for us that they didn't get through. Yeah, same. I was desperate um, for them to get knocked out. Like, yeah, and really. that, that's the case with a couple of the players as well. But obviously, Mane, Mane yeah. is back in as well. Yeah. Well, and they're on holiday at the moment, aren't they? But um, yeah, I, I was quite glad that he is going to get a bit of an extended break. Same. It's culminated quite nicely. He's obviously signed the new five-year deal, which broke on July the 1st. Um, and there's talk that Mane's going to sign a four- or five-year deal, which, I mean, that's wonderful news. Yeah, that that shores up that, that front three for hopefully a significant long period of time. What's also been nice as well is that it looks as though Ronaldo might go to Real Madrid. Uh, sorry, it might to go to Juventus. Yeah. I would fully have expected pre-World Cup that to be followed up by loads of Salah to Real Madrid chat. Well, they've gone Mbappe, haven't they? They've gone Mbappe yeah. and Neymar. It's, it's, it's pleasing. Which is mad. They'll be phenomenal, I think, if they get both of them. I think Even he, if they get one of I them. I think, in honesty, they've been linked to Salah and Mane, but I mean, Mbappe and Neymar suit them a lot more, I think, in terms of player profile, person profile. Do you think... Just that, like Those two have got more about being superstars than I think. Yeah, well, here's a question for you. Salah way more arguable but do you think Sadio Mane is in that bracket of superstar alongside Neymar and Mbappe and Salah it's a bit different because Brazilians I, t- I mean I, I love him but uh, for no, me he's not no, like, I, Mbappe is a far more elite signing and possibly even than Salah as well for me I think there's a lot to be said for the nations they play for like France and Brazil are sort of glory shot nations they've both got big boot sponsorship deals Mane and um, Salah are from like obviously smaller African countries yeah um, and albeit both carrying the weight of their nation on their shoulders they're not quite the global superstars that a French star and a Brazilian star have potential to be yeah true that's true I, I, I'm a massive fan of Mbappe I, 
I love Mbappe, the player. He was yeah. unreal against Argentina, wasn't he? He was. Right? I wouldn't want Neymar anywhere near our team, or all the while admiring his talent. But yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I just think Mane and Salah suit us so well. Yeah, there's something about them. They're quite happy to be sort of reserved background characters, but just be ridiculous on the pitch. Yeah, agree. Should we move on to their partner, Firmino? So, as we've alluded to, like disappointed that he hasn't had. Even um, though he hasn't started, he just hasn't had good minutes, has he? No. Um, he's come on as a sub twice, I think, two, two of the three, four games. Well, they've played four games, haven't they? He's come on three times. Three times. So he's so one game he totally sat out. Um, Jesus has done nothing. He's zero goals, right? Zero assists. Yeah, Jesus has. Um, and every time he's come on, he's he's given himself a, a very good account. I think he's taken. A goal, obviously. Um, he got the knockdown for the last-minute opener against Costa Rica. Yeah, they end up winning two 0 But yeah, and he. But like, until he came on, they were they were struggling, weren't they, to create anything? Yeah, so he came on against Switzerland in the opening game, and it's easy for Liverpool fan base to look at this and say, "Oh, he's changed the game." But I think any observer of the the, the two initial matches would have told you that he comes on against Switzerland and changes the game. Um, they were one 0 down. I, I honestly just I, I mean I we're biased right but I, I honestly think he's just far far better than Jesus. I'd be really interested to get City fans' opinion on this, and I, like ask them straight, disregard club stuff. If you like, who who if you were Brazilian, let's say, and I, the ideal person to ask would be a Brazilian City fan. Who would you who would you be playing? Because it's really yeah. it's really hard to come up with an argument for Jesus. What who came out today? Was it Willian or one of the? One of the Brazilian squad came out today and said, we admire Jesus for the work he does off the ball. And you just, they were like, oh, although he's not scoring, we admire the work he does off the ball. And you're just like, fair <laughs> enough. But if that's the quality you're admiring in him, why not pick the best striker going yeah. with those qualities? That's true, yeah. But yeah, so it, like you say, he got the nod down for what was Coutinho's goal to open the scoring in the 91st minute against Costa Rica. Yeah. And when he then obviously gets his goal in the last 16 against Mexico. Yeah, so I'm hoping that um, having scored in the first knockout round, he'll get more of a chance in the quarterfinals. But I, I do feel that he's got so much stuff for that team, and he obviously has chemistry with the likes of Coutinho, who he already knows very well. But um, he, he's perfect for that team, I think. Like, sure. Absolutely perfect for the likes of Neymar to just play off. Yeah, just play off him basically. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's no surprise that the players around him come into life when he comes on. That's basically what he does. That's yeah. his role, like improving the performances of those around him. And it, it it goes unnoticed a lot of the time. But I mean, we certainly notice the Liverpool fan base. It, surely he's got to start against Belgium. It suits it. The bigger game suits him as well, I think, because he he offers more defensively, doesn't he, than he's used. But yeah, and um, Bel and Belgium do try and play football from the back. Yeah. Which, you know, Liverpool fans said, you, you want to come and play a back three against Liverpool? Don't bother. Cause, and Firmino was pivotal in that stance. Yeah. He, he, I mean, Klopp alluded to it. He, can, he basically marks three men. If you're, if you're a, uh, number six, if you're a deep-lying midfielder looking to receive the balls off your centre-backs, you don't want to be playing against Roberto Firmino. Yeah, agree. And a um, bit of a side note, but quick, quick thought on former red little Phil Coutinho. Been great, hasn't he? Been great, hasn't he? Yeah, I really, really hope he uh, fires them into the final. Even if it's England they'll play against. Yeah, well, I think we've got to assume that it's going to be one of England, uh, one of Brazil, sorry, or France, or maybe Uruguay. 
Or so maybe you, <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all probably better than England. Yeah, so I don't think... I, I would like to see Brazil in the final, yeah. Brazil is the team who I'm most sure would be England. I'm fairly sure all of them would be England, but Brazil is the team I'm most sure would be England. Yeah, I think they are definitely the most dangerous of the four, apart from maybe Mbappe. Um, I think Belgium are more similar to England, or the most similar to England. Yeah, you can't really gauge that, the, the game we played against no, them. not at all. Um, approach, really. Yeah. I think, I mean... <laughs> It's worked in our favour losing to them there, but I, th- I think even if we were trying to beat them, I think they would have beaten us. Yeah. But should we? Okay. All right. So if if it was to be Coutinho in the final, he'd be playing against his old mate Jordan Henderson, um, who I know off air we've said is in the conversation for the best performing midfielders in the tournament, along with Phil Coutinho. Do you still agree with that? I do. Yeah. And, and his penalty miss doesn't really change anything. Oh, it doesn't change. I'm, I'm confident that if we had another penalty shootout against Sweden he'd, he's the kind of guy who would step up and take it again I reckon he'd be the first one saying give, yeah. me, give me an and his leadership away from Kane because let's be clear Kane leads from goals right he's not he's not an actual leader I don't think he'd, he'd be in the Gerard bracket of the sort of non-vocal lead by example yeah, type captain, yeah. but he doesn't necessarily lead by well it's I mean it's yeah I mean, he's not he's not vocal, really. He at doesn't all. come across as vocal at all, anyway. At it, all. it always seems like the likes of Henderson, who has really stepped up in that role, is it's their responsibility to fire the team up. I don't. There was moments during the Columbia game where Hendo, you know, we had a free kick near the end before Columbia scored, and he was saying, "Use your head, use your head." You know, you think about it, slow the game down. And it was him who was, you know, pointing out that we need to manage the game better. Yeah, it was superb. It, it, he, did you see him go up to Dyer? I didn't actually notice this, but I've seen tweets going around about it. Apparently he went up to Eric Dyer just before Dyer's penalty and gave him a bit of a one-to-one, despite being the player who'd missed the previous one. Yeah, I mean, it's That's great, really isn't good. it? That's and really good for him. Every, everything you hear about him, and clearly we are biased, but just everything you hear about him is just, he's the model professional. Like, from consoling James Rodriguez at the end to... You know, the way that he dealt with um, the club captaincy after Gerard. you know, after a lot of criticism. It's just, he's just such a model professional. I was just about to say those words, he is a model pro. Did you see his interview that he gave after missing the penalty? No. He was just like, yeah, I'm really sorry, I've let everyone down, i let my dad down, but oh well, we won. (laughs) He's just a good bloke, Henderson. But I I think aside from that, he's actually been, he's played well. Yeah, I, I really think he's been in our top three performance this World Cup so do I I, th- I think finally the, Di- the Dyer or Henderson debate is put to bed I think in Southgate's eyes as well that's very much yeah. the case yeah for me there's no contest at all really there no I'm not a fan of Eric Dyer in the slightest and haven't ever been since watching him it's a mystery to me how he still gets regular games for Tottenham I know yeah, um, I, I agree I think he's a very limited player and whilst we've said about the likes of Klopp you know when Klopp used to bring on Regna Clavin to shore things up supposedly that move of sort of bringing a defensive minded player on to shore things up so often doesn't work and it really didn't work for England the other night I think not he I mean, was just sloppy wasn't he he couldn't get involved in the game in terms of getting on the ball and he gave when he did he gave the ball away just almost every time he got it it just astonishes me that Henderson gets accused of being a sideways passer of slowing the game down D- don't get me wrong they are, neither of which apply to Henderson Henderson, Henderson makes forward passes so regularly he's one of, one of your better players at finding a run into the box he also speeds the tempo up rather than slows it down. Yeah. Um, and Dyer, 
just simply does not break the lines with passes. Very often just pisses it into touch. Like he did, he did a couple of times for him the other day. Yeah. And he just, even when the player's moving forwards, seems to just slow everything down and hesitate at all. He just cannot use the ball. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I was more comfortable when he slotted into the, the right centre-back role. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Um, which I think probably suits him better as well. Absolutely. I reckon if you're a centre-back as well. I mean, our, our, the England three centre-backs are all quite progressive with the ball. If you're asking them who do you prefer playing in front of you, they're all, I reckon they're all going to say Henderson. When, when they've got the ball and they step a man, you want to be able to trust the lad you're fizzing it into the feet of. And yeah. I, like, as a fan, I really do not trust Eric Dyer with a man up his back looking yeah. to retain possession. And additionally, as well, you know that that position for England is a very tough position to play when your other two centre midfield partners are essentially like in behind the striker midfielders. Deli Ali and Lingard, and neither are known for defensive qualities. And I mean, Deli Ali was. Uh, he was yeah, he, he yeah. seems off the pace and he unfit I think but yeah he didn't seem fit. aside from that you know th- there's a lot of work for Henderson to do there and I think so far this tournament he's done it absolutely brilliantly and I'm glad that he's getting the praise that he has done he, he's arguably our most important player after Kane I, I'm not necessarily saying he's England's best player after Kane but as we said the other day if, you, if, you, if England are told they're going to lose a player and they're not going to be available for the rest of the tournament. Obviously, Kane's your number one choice. But I think Henderson, given the options or lack of that we've got behind him, yeah. would be my next. I mean, Kyle Walker, I think, is in the question of our best players, but we've at least got options in that position. Yeah, and he was pretty poor the other night, I thought. Um, Walker. Very sloppy on the ball. He just didn't look fit towards the end. He got, like, just yeah, wasted. Yeah, possibly just a tiredness thing. But yeah. yeah, you're right. We do have options that can fill in that spot. Whereas if Henderson was to be out of the tournament... I think we'd be in a real sticky situation. Yeah. I have no idea. I, I mean, it probably would be Dyer, but I have no idea who would play there. It could yeah. be Delph, I guess. Yeah. Uh, nicely, Henderson's actually topping the distance covered charts as well. I know. Which is not a nice, decent mark of a like a clock player. Yeah. That's good. Quick, quick thought on Trent. I know he, he only has played uh, against Belgium. I and, thought he was fine against Belgium. I'm proper proud of him. Yeah. I want before the game thinking about progression I wanted England to lose that and then as soon as you see them step on the pitch and you see Trent making his England debut I just thought go on lad he's just so fearless isn't he yeah like he doesn't change his style at all he still bombs up and down the only thing that I was a little disappointed at was his uh, set piece delivery his set piece delivery which is normally great yeah yeah but I like the fact that he was on set pieces. Um, so do I. He, he's another one like Henderson. I, I mean, I was calling for us to bring him on before the shootout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he would have got balls of steel, hasn't he? He would have had one. I he would have had one. He'd have slotted as well. I'd have trusted. Yeah, I'll back him. I'll back him. Yeah, good. All right. I, I mean, I guess the question was who's played well. So Trent, to some degrees, has played well, but more so in terms of his development. I think this has been brilliant for him. Yeah, he really hasn't let himself down. Yeah, and I think. Um, if Trippier hadn't have played very well this tournament, he he may well be getting more minutes. But Trippier's been fine. Yeah, he, he's been he's had a great tournament so far, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been fine. Yeah, um, it's I, it's a shame for Trent that he's young. Yeah, but then he's so versatile. I don't necessarily think that's the door closed for him in that position. Neither there's do there's I, other yeah. positions he could. I'd, I mean, could play. I wouldn't be that surprised if he ended up playing defensive midfield role one day. So I was just about to say, I think Trent's got a choice, like we've heard um, mentioned previous, you know, from other Liverpool sources. Trent's basically got a choice: does he want to become the top right back in the world, or does he want to go on and be a midfielder? Yeah. For, for me, for me, I'm more in the camp of go on and make yourself the best right back in the world, personally. 
but as you say, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he did. Yeah. Um, staying there as a midfielder with his football ability. Um. So, but we've got this far in mentioning who's played well without mentioning our Degsy Lovren. <sighs> well, it's best till last, really, isn't it? it? Probably not the best till last, but... But the, the the most impressive performance based on what the rest of the world think about him, I would say, yeah. Yeah, and I've, I've heavily, heavily praised him. <laughs> praised him? I yeah, thought you were him. him in the no, past. No, no, in the past. Oh, in the past, yeah. but do you not remember the... Uh, the the pre-Champions League podcast I do and I said I think he's going to absolutely boss it I do and um, I was like shut up mate don't yeah. say <laughs> and yeah. uh, it, I just think he's come on leaps and bounds I really do he's, he's transformed his game and he, he's always been good when the pressure's on I think and he's had to concentrate and he lot. has to apply himself yeah. yeah it's when he his head goes isn't he and he just makes sloppy mistakes or if uh, if he feels that the back four is unsettled. He's one of the first to go. But this tournament, Croatia have kept... what? So, clean sheet against Nigeria. Played yeah. very well. They were brilliant against Argentina. He was clean sheet. And Argentina. he was great, yeah. Like, Messi didn't have a sniff against him. Um, I don't really remember the Iceland game. I, didn't, I watched I didn't, it. I didn't watch the Iceland game. I watched it, but I don't really remember it. Um, but again, Croatia win. So, they, so they won three out of three in the group stages. Um, and then... They go into the knockout rounds, and he's looked great, I think. I mean, they didn't play that well in the first knockout game, but, I mean, what's your take? On Lovren, I mean, he's been superb. He's shown himself to be a leader, which, amusingly, he... Do you remember when Rogers kind of, like, called him the leader that we thought we needed in our back line? Yeah. And it didn't really look like that at first. The Denmark game, he showed... I mean, I, I don't think Croatia were fantastic. You, you've been telling Croatia a bit harder than I have. I, I don't think Croatia are quite as good as people are fearing from an England perspective. But I think Lovren showed his leadership qualities in that game. Yeah. I, I, their defence is probably, on paper, the area that you look at and say it's the weakest part. So they've got Rochalco. Vida. Vida, who weirdly we've been linked to today. Yeah. Vida. Who's their left back? It's Strinich. Strinich, that's it, yeah. So... I mean, Vida and Strinich. I don't. I don't know who Vida is really. I've never watched him play. No, not really. Other than he, he, looks he looks a little bit shaky. I think he looks like Lovren's carrying him, yeah. <laughs> which is nice. It's yeah. good to see from Dejan Lovren. Yeah. Um, but I think Denmark were also a lot better than I think people Denmark, thought. Yeah, yeah. Yusuf Poulsen, who is also someone we've been linked to, um, and talks quite openly in the media. He's a good talker. Yusuf Poulsen. He talk, spoke about Naby Keita. He's a decent striker, I reckon. He's the sort of striker that gives teams a headache. Yeah. And he's a handful. Yeah, he is a handful, for sure, yeah. But generally speaking, I think Lovren's had a great tournament so far. I, I can't see them not making the semi-finals. Same. And I think they'll give England, presuming we beat Sweden, uh, a very big test. And, and I'm delighted for him that I'm hoping that he'll come back now. Like, fingers crossed he doesn't make any howlers to knock him out or anything like that, but... I'm hoping he'll start that season um, in August in very bullish mood. Yeah, he should be. He should be. Slight caveat. Dejan Lovren's Achilles heel. Harry Kane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, stinker. Well, I mean, he was all right in the the two-all. Yeah. That game that Eagles subbed after 25 minutes. But the sub, <laughs> sub early doors at, yeah. at the beginning of the season. He's come back so well from that. He's come back a lot. That, that could have ended his career at a top club. And it probably should have for most players. 
this is the, this is the thing about Klopp, though, isn't it? Like we tweeted today about how if you can praise Klopp for like reforming the likes of Lovren and Co, you have to back him when he tries to do the same for Karius. Klopp, I reckon Lovren would probably cite Jurgen Klopp's faith in him as being a big part of this transformation. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. He, he it seems like the kind of player who really needs that support from a manager. Yeah, and he's he's going to get it in pre-season when he goes back. Klopp is going to put his arms around him and say, "Son, you were stunning at the World Cup. Yeah, you are. You showed yourself to be the world-class centre back that I said to the media that you could be." Yeah, I, I was a little bit embarrassed when Klopp came out after Lovren's shakes and said he can do everything. He's the ideal centre back. Yeah, that so, sounded a bit embarrassing. But now but he, he's showing that he he actually can. Yeah, and it's good. So he's going to get a Klopp hug in pre-season. Who else is going to get a big Klopp hug in pre-season? And who's it going to be important for? Oh. So the new boys, Fabinho and Kaiser, obviously you've seen. I'm sure if you've seen Twitter footage and stuff like that, he's already given given the hugs out left, right, and centre. The Nabi Kaiser one. Yeah, the Nabi Kaiser one. Walking up, walking up the stairs <laughs> was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, but I think there's there's big big preseason moves for potentially quite a few players. Um, there were a few faces in there. I was. Like, what the fuck? They're still here. Markovic pitched up, looking for Tubby. I know. I know. What <laughs> Alan, is that Alan Rodriguez about? is there. Oh, my God. <laughs> still hasn't got his work permit. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, it, it's a shame, because I think quite a few of the players are going to end up leaving, like Danny Ings, who, ironically, I think Klopp probably absolutely loves. Because Danny Ings is just a great boy, isn't he? It's a shame for Danny Ings, the injuries. He's just not good enough, though, is he? No. It pains me to say it, but ultimately, if we want to take steps forward, we need to be a bit more cutthroat. It can't just be all hugs and smiles. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't fancy Danny Ings to stay. I don't no. want him to either. I, I'll chuck my, my neck out here a bit and say that I actually quite want most of our backup strikers to go. To go? If not all of them. I thought you were going to lead this um, exciting pre-season chat with Origi. No, see, I, I want him out. Do you really? I, it, I would be quite happy for Solanke to go on loan, Ings to be sold, Origi to be sold, and Sturridge to be sold. Do you not think that leaves us with too much work to do, given that it's a but short... But they're just not good enough. But but then we're back in the perils of last season, where we end up not having a big enough squad. But I, th- I think there is time to bring in someone else. And I, I can't see anyone being worse than Solanke and Ings as, as your backup See, I'm, I'm 100% keeping Dom Solanke and he's he's my answer to this question of who's got a big pre-season ahead of them. But he, he had looked, a good pre-season last time and he's just not good. No, he doesn't score enough goals. You know, If we're serious you, about challenging for you, titles... Then... But you look at a young player who, yeah, he had a good pre-season last season and that's probably the basis of why Klopp kept him and loaned Origi. Yeah, and I, in my and opinion, it may, not have, worked. Fired, it may yeah. not have worked, but um, I mean... Do you th- okay, do you think he's still ahead of Origi in the pecking order? Because I think he's way ahead of him in the pecking order. It's hard to tell, isn't it? Because it, it's really hard to know if Origi's progressed or, or degressed because he played basically right midfield for most most of the season. He looked shit. Yeah, he, I mean, he looked yeah. rubbish, but they had a really odd season, didn't they? They only just escaped a relegation. Yeah, and he didn't score anywhere near as many as we were hoping. I think or, or maybe six. even expecting six or seven. I think yeah. I had seven in my But then from right mid, that's not that bad. Yeah. But, so, just to contextualise for some listeners that don't know Chris and myself, you've historically been a big fan of Derek Rigi, as have I. Yeah, well, so, if, if you ask me Sankey, Ings or Rigi, I would keep Rigi. Because yeah. I think the player out of those three who has done it in a Liverpool shirt has certainly been Origi. 
take you back to one of your favourite memories of him, the Dortmund game. The Dortmund game. He abs- he looked brilliant. He absolutely bossed it. And n- none of the other two, even Sturridge in recent years, none of those lot have, have put in a performance like that. Yeah, I think Klopp's aware that Origi has the ingredients to be the kind of striker he wants. Yeah. He- he's a bit timid, Divock Origi. For a big, big, strong boy, he's a bit timid. I, I-, I think... It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think there's a chance. I didn't think so until recently, but having seen him back in the camp now, I do think there's a chance that Rigi stays and plays a role. Yeah, I agree. But the the issue they've got is that there's there's four of them already there. Um, only are you talking Rigi, Sturridge, Ings, and Solanke? Yeah. Do you, do you include Harry Wilson in that conversation? Not as a striker, but he would play in one of the front three positions. Yeah, well, I think that those four are probably battling for that one spot. For the central nine yeah. spot. I as, suppose as that they're plays ba- into they're battling for the support role for the nine spot behind Firmino. I suppose that plays into Origi's hands in that he can probably do either of the other two. Yeah, that's true, roles. yeah. I, I think Ings is doomed. It, it pains me to say it, but I can't see him staying. They're Ings just... has been linked to... Where's um, Damien Kamoli? One of the Turkish clubs. Damien Kamoli apparently is interested in taking Ings to Turkey. I can't remember which club. Right. But I'd, I'd like to see him stay in the Prem, to be honest. So would I. I, I think he could do, do a good job still. It's easy to forget he was in the England squad before he got the first yeah. of his two injuries. And he doesn't look that that off the pace, I, does I, he? I disagree. I thought he looked fucking awful. I thought he was quite good when he came on against Porto. Oh, God. He was awful in the derby when they both started. Yeah. But, all right, yeah, so Besiktas have apparently been to Sturridge as well. That it's a weird one, Mr. Sturridge, because I know I know that he's now shit, basically. But you've got so much. In, in my in my heart, I, there's a little part of me that still wants him to stay. <laughs> and if you said to me, "We're playing Barcelona in the Champions League final tomorrow," you can bring on Ings, Solanke, or Sturridge for the last ten. I'd choose Sturridge still every day. God, it's just the question of if he'd actually be fit enough to get on for 10 minutes. See, I'm not even going to question your stance on that because I know that's your stance. Yeah, I can't help it. I yeah. really can't. Yeah, could he do a job in the 10? In the advanced midfield role? Yeah. <laughs> it means he'd have to break the line. He's, there, I mean, he's got, the, he's got the feet for it. I was, have you, did you watch any of those videos of the rondos they were doing in training, the one-touch yeah. stuff? God, he looked brilliant. He looked he? so good. I mean, I was only watching on my phone, so it was a small resolution. I saw the white boots, silky one-touch stuff, and I thought it was Nabi Keita at first. And I was like, oh, God, Keita looks tasty. And then you realise, hold on a sec, it's all left foot, that's Danny Sturridge. Yeah. <laughs> So if you, who do you think's the least likely to go, and who do you think's the most likely to go? Of those I four? think Solanke's definitely the least likely to go. I think he's yeah. definitely. I think Solanke's in Klopp's long-term visions. And most likely, Danny Ings. Do you reckon over Sturridge? Uh, oh, I think they're both definitely going to go. You I think, think I'm, I'm no, nigh, no way back. I'm nigh on a hundred percent for both of them. Sturridge earns too much for us to keep him. I think the problem with Sturridge though is that we. He's like, pri- yeah, he's pricing yeah. himself out of a, of a proper move. Yeah. So it's likely probably to be another lot, especially if he goes to a Turkish team. Yeah. I, I also think, actually, it's got a big pre-season for Joel Matip. Yeah, I I agree. I, I actually thought he was still injured, but then... No, he's back. Yeah, he's back. Kit, yeah. So. And Berto Moreno as well. Yeah. Uh, he apparently has looked very sharp since he's come back. Um, That's good. But yeah, Matip... I would get rid of Matip. <laughs> God, see, I'm being I, quite I, cut see, I don't see any sense in doing that, personally. Because I think we've got better... For me, he's the fourth-choice centre-back now. And I'm fine with that, as long as he is. I don't think I, I don't particularly think he's that good. I thought he was a lot better when he first came. Yeah. Then he's, Last he's gone on, he's gone really on to poor. sort of, like, lower himself in my expectations and yeah. opinions. 
Um, but I think the reason I say it's an important preseason for him is he, you, you couldn't really tell with the flux of injuries between him and Lovren, but it looked at one point like he was above Lovren in the backing order. Yeah, and I, he, he probably was. He probably because, was. That's why it's important yeah. in my in in my you know in my. I, His I just, form just went so quickly off the boil. It was it was crazy. He he went from being quite assured and you know probably the first defender on the team sheet to looking just cumbersome, slow, making lots of mistakes. Um, he's he's unfortunate in the sense that his playing style, oddly, is quite like Van Dyke's in that he's not the front-footed centre-back so much. He's nowhere near as good as Van Dyke in the air, so um, it's easier to, to call him not a front-footed defender. Yeah. But he's more about calmness in possession. Um, he, Matip's actually quite good on the ball, I think. Um, and yeah. he's more about sort of positional defending rather than physical defending like Lovren is. And it looks like Klopp fancies a brute next to Lovren. So that next, leads sorry, on, next to Van Dyke. That leads on quite nicely to Joe Gomez then, who's a little bit of both. I Joe think. Gomez is a blend of both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a big pre-season for him. You know, he presumably isn't going to get the right-back spot back from Trent. No. I, which means that he has to convert to a centre-back this season. I think he probably was going to anyway. Yeah, maybe. But then there's less chances for him, I think. I, I think he'd probably get more minutes at right back still. He probably will still, anyway. Are they keep forgetting about Klein. He's, Klein's there. In the yeah, he's yeah. back in. It's a massive pre-season for him, actually, as it's, well. It's, it's, when you put it like that, it's huge for Joe Gomez in his career as well. Yeah, it is. Joe it Gomez really was is. an ankle injury away from going to the World Cup. Yeah. I'd say. He started against... Holland? I wonder if, if Joe Gomez had have gone. He started against Brazil as well. He kept Neymar quite. Yeah, but oh, of course he did. Yeah, but more um, recently, he started against Holland in, yeah, he in did. March. Definitely. Yeah, um, and I think he probably would have started the right of the centre-backs and Walker would have played the right wing-back role. Well, he, yeah, I think there was a good chance. There's a, I mean, there's yeah, a if he hadn't have got injured, this is. Yeah, there's a possibility. Yeah. You, I mean, you don't know what would have happened to the rest of Liverpool's season. Like, would, would Trent have... It's hard to say, isn't it? But I think all that points towards it being a huge pre-season for Joe Gomez. Yeah. He's come back looking not as big as he was last year. No, no. He's, he's certainly like lost a bit of bulk, hasn't he? But yeah. he, he looks absolutely shredded still. He does. Okay, here's one. Would you be happy if we started the first game of the season? Given that Lovren's going to go deep into the World Cup, we think Matip... Well, I mean, Matip's just back from an injury. If we start the first game of the season with Van Dijk and Joe Gomez as centre-back, what are your emotions? Happy. I'm delighted. Yeah, very happy. <laughs> I think I'm delighted. I'm, I've got right some kind then, of strange though. affinity to, to Joe Gomez. I, I still think he's going to be a world-class centre-back. Do you really? Yeah, maybe not centre-back, but defender. In my head, he's not tall enough to be an elite centre-back. Yeah, that's... But then others have done it. Before him, Cannavaro I mean, was not very small, small. Is he? Cannavaro was sub six. Yeah. Um, Joe Gomez is probably about six foot two, isn't he? I, I would have said a little bit smaller than that. Yeah. But. What we overlook because he's a big physical player is that he's still a kid, Joe Gomez. Yeah. Less of a kid than Trent, but I mean, Trent's got sort of a wily, like, kid's body, whereas Joe Gomez is a man's body. He's got but some he's significant experience already, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, massive he's experience. He's going to at 16. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a big one for him. Yeah. Right, so, what, we'll touch very loosely on it. We've been linked to a few centre-backs recently. Obviously, we've just mentioned Vida. Do you buy any of the links to others? So we've been linked to Yerry Mina, who, I'll be honest, I thought was really good against England. He was a brute, wasn't he? Yeah. A big physical bastard. But um, 
Uh, no, I, I don't buy many of the rumours. I'd, I'd be surprised if we bought another big money centre back. Paul Joyce said we were looking at Harry Maguire. I'd be happy with that. He, I mean, it was in the article cited about a month ago that we were looking at Tarkovsky and Lascelles. I'd be gutted with Tarkovsky. And I don't want Tarkovsky or Lascelles. Really. No. I, I would rather Joe Gomez. I think Joe Gomez is better than both of them. Um, be interested to hear what Southgate thinks. Southgate probably rates Gomez over Lascelles. He's coached them both at yeah. England youth levels. And interestingly, he's picked Gomez and not Lascelles yeah. for senior level. No, I'm, I'm reasonably happy with our centre-back options. If, you, if we end up with the four being Van Dijk, Lovren, Gomez and Clavin. Clavin. And Matip. And I'd, see, I'd, I'm happy for Matip to go. Big wages mm. and I don't think he's good enough. My stance is if we're going to sign a centre-back, sign one that starts. Yeah, of course. This might seem a narrow-minded view, but we've been saying it since before the World Cup. I want Harry Maguire. Oh, yeah, well, I think we've been saying Maguire been and saying. Van Dijk would be monstrous, wouldn't they? Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were. Um, so then, right back... Obviously, Trent is probably going to be our number one. I think so, rightly uh, so. Yeah. Um, I think Klein will stay, providing cover for both. Yeah. I'm not sure if Moreno will stay, but I think he will. He, I would very much like Moreno to stay. It saves us a, a headache in the transfer. Yeah. Way. And Robertson is back in training already and apparently looking very fit looking and sharp. Fit. He came second in the lactate yeah. test. To, oh, sorry, no, he didn't. Lalana did. Lalana, he came third and he, he was in the second Robertson bracket. Robertson and Navikaita yeah. dropped out two rounds after Lalana and Milner who bossed it. Yeah, so I think then the only positions that are really up for grabs is the attacking midfielder positions so that we to, haven't discussed. No, to, to go to overall to um, which players have it all to do in pre-season... Do you, do you think pre-season's very important in terms of Klopp deciding who his squad is going to be or do you think he already knows? No, I think it's important. I do as well. Yeah, very important. Yeah. I think um, the likes of Shea, Ojo, Harry Wilson and so on, th- there isn't enough room for all of them. So only one or two will stay, I think. And do you think he's got a figure in his head of how many he's going to keep or do you think he's going to base it solely on whether he thinks they're good enough or not? I think... It's a bit of both. I think he probably has a figure in his head of how many squad spots are available. Yeah. Because um, um, James Pearce has said in the Echo today that loads of championship clubs um, want Harry Wilson. Yeah. And apparently Rangers and Celtic have both been talking about him or to him, I'm not sure which. Yeah, I'm in two minds about Wilson. Because, not not how good he is, I think I think he's great. I really want him yeah. to stay. But if he stays, he's not going to start. So would it would it... Um, stop his development because he is one of the lone uh, loanees that has been a real success like it really has worked for his development it has yeah it has um, so he could sit on the bench for us most games maybe get some minutes possibly not in the squad a lot of the time or he could go somewhere like Rangers under Gerrard and play every game and have a great season. Yeah, uh, there are knock-on effects, aren't there? Because if he does stay and wants to be on the bench every week, then maybe that's at the expense of someone like Ryan Brewster, who I would quite like to see put be put on the bench every week. But Wilson's done more than Brewster to earn it, I think. Agreed. But I think Brewster's probably got a higher ceiling. So the problem is, I think we've got a lot of players now in that bracket of it's about time that they either get into the first team or... You've got to have serious question marks over their career. Yeah. Even well, even Ben Woodburn, he's gone right off the boil. I think Woodburn is almost done for me. What finished with Liverpool? <sighs> yeah, that, I it mean, it pains me to say it, but 
he he's regressed a lot in his development. He has. It seems. But then surely we should have let him go out on loan. I didn't make he's, sense. He's that we too didn't good to for the under twenty three, but. Clearly, he's not good enough for our first team. Yeah, it didn't make sense that we didn't let him go to Sunderland. Yeah. Maybe you could put him in the, in that bracket then. It's quite an important one for him. I think Shea or Joe's done. Yeah, hard to disagree with. Um, Shea or Joe looks like the sort of player that could make the step from kids' football to adults' football. Not kids' football, but like... Yeah. I think in England there's a problem with that jump from the under-23s level, or what was the old reserves level, to first-team standard. And if you want to go then get your game in England, you play in a totally different style of play if you play in the lower leagues. Yeah. Like Ben Woodburn, for ability, is probably easily good enough for the championship, but you just know he'd go and get wrecked every weekend if he was playing against championship players. Yeah, I do, I do agree. It's, yeah, it's a big one for him. Um, but again, he's there's such competition there with senior players because suddenly we've got loads of centre mids like Milner, Wijnaldum, Lallana's back in. Uh, then that's before adding any of the new signings, so Fabinho, Naby Keita, and Henderson. Yeah, I think as you say, uh, we're developing, or we've reached a point where we've got lots of kids who need to break through, or lots of younger players who need to break through. All the while, the first team squad's getting better. Yeah. So do they have to look elsewhere? But we'll see. Anyway, have you seen that we've asked for the Chester friendly to be moved on Saturday? Yeah, rightly so. Rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> Back the boys. Back the boys. All right, mate. Should we wrap up there? Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs>